Loved, cherished, comforted. Welcome to the podcast ministry of Our Resolute Hope, where you will find grace, not just a concept or a doctrine of grace, but a person, a person whose name is Jesus, a person who brings hope, a determined, resolute hope that can sustain you and empower you to live courageously in this fallen world. Join us now as we learn more about Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, and our life. Welcome back, dear ones, to the Our Resolute Hope podcast. My name's John Russin. You've joined me and my dear friend, Pastor Frank Friedman. And for us, Frank, it's the first recording of the new year. So I hope your new year celebration was joyful. It was low key, which made it joyful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I had to decide which pair of pajamas I would wear for the new year celebration on my sofa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had to decide the same about what I was going to wear so that I would miss that celebration and get to bed (laughs) at a decent hour. (laughs) That's right. Well, friends, if you have just joined us, Frank and I are beginning to wrap up a conversation we've had for a number of weeks now on arguably one of the most foundational topics in our life as believers, and that is forgiving those who wound us. And Frank, As you know, we've been talking about a lot of aspects of this, what forgiveness isn't, all the deceptions and counterfeits out there, why we need to do it. But we're going to begin today as we wrap this up to talk about actually the mechanics, the nuts and bolts of how to actually forgive. But before we do that, the word geek, John, uh, had a real fun time this week as he took a deeper dive into some of the words for forgive that we've been discussing. We've mentioned that in our key verse, Ephesians 4.32, the word for forgiveness is charizomai, from charis, which is the word for grace. And we mentioned also that the traditional word for forgive in the New Testament is aphiomi, And we said that that was a word of process, a transactional word. That means I release the debt, you owe me nothing. And Frank, this is where my word geek kicked in. I started looking at where in the New Testament those words occurred. And I found, not surprisingly, that a fiamy was used 127 times in the New Testament, but only nine times in the epistles. I thought, wow, that's a 13 to 1 ratio. Uh, I'm curious I wonder what the ratio is for charizomai. And so, of course, I looked, being the geek I am, and that occurs only 18 times in the New Testament, Frank, but it's 16 times in the epistles. And of the two times it occurs in the Gospels, the word was voiced by Jesus in Luke 7. So I'm looking at this, Frank, and saying, my goodness, before the cross, forgiveness was a transactional thing. After the cross, the entire scope of forgiveness changed into a word of relationship, of giving someone what they don't deserve. Frank, I think that's absolutely fascinating because the cross changed how we look at forgiveness, didn't it? John, that's a profound observation. It got me thinking as I was listening to you how there are lots of occasions, in fact, where the Holy Spirit communicates to us 
through the word count that he led you to observe in the word forgiveness. Just a couple quick examples, John. In the New Testament, in the epistles, post-cross, there are only three present tense references that we as believers are sinners. But there are 58 that we are saints. And so simply through word count, it provides kind of a word picture where the Holy Spirit is almost using word count as a megaphone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, of course. Eight times going, saint, 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 and whispering sinner. And in that whisper, it forces us to take a look, and we find that there's a very easy explanation for those three. And so God's trying to tell us something through word count. I think we saw the same phenomena when you and I put together our new commentary on the book of Galatians. I don't remember the exact verse count, John, maybe you do, but something like 600 verses in the book of Galatians, most of them, almost all of them, calling us to beware of going back to religion, to law. One verse saying, don't use your liberty, your freedom to serve your flesh. And so that Holy Spirit megaphone was saying to us, I think, most believers are going to err on the side of the law. Those who understand grace are going to err on the side of license. And so the Holy Spirit megaphone through verse count. John, I think you've hit on something. I think it's absolutely profound. Pre-cross, it's a debt cancellation. Post-cross, it's love. And it's not just a difference in methodology. I think it's also a difference in empowerment. Because charizomai, grace only in its source, comes from God. So the empowerment to forgive comes from Jesus, and the purpose for which we give comes from Jesus. It's now because of grace. And boy, that's a huge observation, John. Thanks for digging that out. Oh, it was my privilege, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Once I get on a rabbit trail like this, I'm kind of like a bulldog. I want to know. Mm. Well, my friend, as we begin this last portion of our series, I want to remind you and remind me, remind, of our, remind our listeners of a little bit of the nuts and bolts in Ephesians 4.32, where we're commanded to forgive, to charismai, to grace others. It's in the present tense, which means we got to do it right now and continue to do it. It's in the active voice, which means we have to do it. We can't ask God to forgive. It's in the imperative mood. It's a command, no exceptions. And it's plural, which in South Louisiana jargon goes, all y'all have been forgiven <laughs> and all y'all must forgive. Mm. And so that's the part I want to really begin with because that's the clincher. Because so many times, Frank, you and I have heard, I'm sorry, I can't forgive. <laughs> the wound was too deep. I just can't. I can't go there. Well, why would God command you to do something you can't do? And I was drawn to Philippians 4. I can do all things, even forgive that blankety blank, blank, blank who did that to me through Christ who strengthens me. And so as we begin this, Frank, and we talk about how to forgive, it's important that we realize that no matter what the wound is, we 
can forgive because Christ is in us. Have I got that right? Absolutely, John. No better way to say it. I love the way that Major Ian Thomas used to say it, that God is the dynamic of his own demand. We could quote that right from scripture. Faithful is he who calls you and he will do it. He calls us to forgive and he provides the power for us to do so. And why? So that we can live from the freedom Christ purchased for us and not obstruct the freedom flowing through us. I think that's a very key point, John. We are never not free. We only block the flow of the freedom through our lives. It's a possession, but we've got to practice our possession and remove anything that would hinder that practice. Okay. Well said, my friend. So we're going to talk about exactly the mechanics. And I guess that's the million dollar question, Frank. How do we do this? And so this is something that's going to take us more than one episode. And I want to begin by saying that we're going to break this into two parts. The first is the actual process of going through forgiveness. And then the second part will be, how do we walk in forgiveness? Once we've forgiven, how do we cultivate a lifestyle in which forgiveness comes readily, easily to us? That's really where we want to wind up. So let's begin by looking at the act of forgiveness. You and I have been through this many times. And I want to suggest that as we tell all the people we've talked to, to begin with praying Psalm 139. And I've taken the liberty, Frank, to adapt a version to the task of forgiving. So we might begin with praying a modified Psalm 139 like this. Search me, O God. Show me the wounds that I've ignored. The wounds that I've explained away. Show me the wounds I've not forgiven and the people who've wounded me. Show me the forgiveness counterfeits I might have believed. Show Mm. me how I've hurt myself by not forgiving. And that's a tough one right there. Mm. Sir, I know I can trust you to walk with me through every step. And so, Holy Spirit, I invite you to lead me. Bring to my mind all you want me to remember. Lead me to feel all you want me to feel so I can own it and then forgive it. Frank, this type of prayer or something like it is so important to begin, isn't it? Absolutely, John. We got to have a path to walk on. (laughs) And that's the path. Years and years ago, I'll never forget, somebody told me I needed to forgive. And I looked at them and said, how? And they said, and I quote, well, you just do it. And that didn't work. (laughs) I needed to be instructed. I needed to be guided. I, I needed a mentor to show me the way, the method, the hands on. And that forced a a two-year study, which then became, you know, the basis of this podcast. So I'm sure there's a lot of believers out there who've been listening the last eight or 10 weeks saying, all right, I get it. Now, how do I do it? So I'm really glad we're doing this today. That's right. So we're going to start. And what we've told our folks over the years, Frank, is you begin after you pray that prayer, sit down with a paper and pencil 
or a keyboard, I guess now, <laughs> the modern days, sit down with the keyboard and make a list of whatever the Holy Spirit reveals to you. This list is important, Frank, isn't it? Yes, John. Otherwise, things become kind of nebulous. And we offer up that prayer, just like God bless all the missionaries. We say, oh, I forgive everybody who's ever hurt me. And that is not a tangible or specific dealing of the individual issues that occurred. And one of the principles that we live by in terms of a universal law, and it is a universal law, John, you can't give away what you don't own. So the first step is owning the wound. As we saw in the lies section, what forgiveness is not, it's not excusing it. It's not letting time heal it. It's not rationalizing it away in order to protect yourself from the pain of realizing that somebody chose to hurt you. You've got to embrace it. They did this to me. I've got to own it before I can ever give it away in the glory of forgiveness. So that's the universal principle. We've got to own it. And making a list is the way to do it. That's right. And let's talk a bit about this list, Frank. When I first began this exercise in my life years ago, I included the offense. I included the person as close as possible to the date of when it happened, what exactly they did, and importantly, how it made me feel. What was the message it communicated to me? And Frank, I spelled it out. I mean, my list was long. I mean, it was pages. And I didn't worry about keeping it short. And I encourage our listeners not to focus on keeping it short. Be as thorough as the Holy Spirit motivates you to be. Because you got to make a complete list, as complete as you can. Because as you said, you don't want to just do a blanket forgiveness statement because you got to forgive every wound, don't you? Mm-hmm. You know, John, I'm thinking of you know the verse with Jesus where he said, my sheep hear my voice. So he's trustworthy. He's going to speak. He's going to bring to you remembrance. Those things that either time allowed you to not keep on the surface or things you purposely buried because it hurt too much to look at them. He'll be faithful. We just have to listen. And John, I remember what was that account in the Old Testament where the person kept hearing the voice of God, but didn't quite recognize it at oh, first. Oh, that was Samuel. Yeah, the yes, little boy. Yes, yes. Uh, we can do the same thing. And just like when God spoke, you know, in John, and he said, this is my beloved son. And the people said, hey, did you hear that thunder? It sure <laughs> sounded like a voice. <laughs> yeah. So we can be deceptive here. So we've got to have receptive hearts and receptive minds. I remember when I made my first list, John, the obvious things were there. Those 10 to 15 major, major wounds that are so hard to forget. And then I put my list down and the Holy Spirit was very faithful. He woke me up in the middle of the night And wouldn't let me rest until I got up and wrote things. When he first woke me up, I said, yeah, I forgot about that. I'll I'll write that down in the morning. 
And then, then he threw me another and another. And I said, all right, I'll get up. <laughs> and right. then the list got longer and longer and longer until looking at it, it became sort of an ominous thing because it's one thing to write the list. It's quite another to step-by-step step forgive every event and person on yeah. that list. That's and that's right. where the labor got hard. Oh, yes, that's right. So let's talk about that labor. We've always encouraged our folks that once they get the list, and it's important that you mention that this is a process. You could go through the forgiveness exercise and then Father would bring something more to mind later. You do it again. So the next step, once you prayed, invited the Holy Spirit to lead you, you have a list, find a private room. A locked door is good too. <laughs> and get yourself an empty chair. This is how we've done it. And as you go through the list, I would place in my mind each offender in that chair and i would tell them in fact i'm a verbal person so i told them out loud this is what you did this is how you did it this is how it made me feel and frank i let it all hang out i held nothing back and i'm sure if anybody were on the outside they might have wondered what on earth was going on but that's okay you've got to get all the wound out there so you can choose to forgive. That's really important, isn't it? Yes, it's, again, fully owned so you can fully give away. And then that means fully give away. You can't, as the old adage said, bury the hatchet and hold on to the handle. That's not letting go and burying the hatchet. So it's a totality in terms of the process. John, this might be a good time to bring in a personal illustration. I had a young lady once who had been abused sexually by her father. And she did forgive her dad. I watched her do it right in front of me. But as I observed her over the coming months, she wasn't living free. And so the Holy Spirit laid on my heart to bring her back in. So ordinarily, I don't do that. People come to me. But I went to her and I said, you know, I just don't see you living in the freedom that I thought you would be. And so she came back in and the Holy Spirit laid it on my heart that she hadn't forgiven her father. And she vehemently denied it, said she had. And then I had one of those Balaam's ass moments, you know, where he speaks through the donkey <laughs> and I was the donkey. <laughs> but I said to her, I don't think you ever fully embraced what your father did. So you couldn't fully give it away. And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, I think you forgave your dad at the surface level of anger. You were angry at what he did to you and you gave it away. But I question whether you fully embraced the hurt, the horror that the most trusted individual on the face of the planet had betrayed her in such a devastating way. And I challenged her to go before the Holy Spirit and ponder that with him. And within a few days, the Holy Spirit brought it to her and she crashed so hard, wounded, hurting, broken at the full realization of what had happened. 
And then I watched the miracle when she came back in and having fully embraced, not just the anger, but the hurt, she was able to fully give it away and begin to walk in freedom. So this principle, John, is not something that just sounds good. It is good. And it's simple and easy to understand, but it's anything but easy to do. I remember your words, my friend. It's like going through surgery with no anesthesia, but the surgery gets done because the great physician will provide you the strength to get through it. Yeah. Well said, my friend. I'm glad she's free. Mm. Okay. You've gone through the list. Okay. At offense number one, and you are ready to forgive. You've gotten it all out there. The pain's there. And I choose number one, number two, number three, because those are the big ones. Those are the ones that are really going to hurt you. And mm -hmm. so now you need to forgive. And what I've done, Frank, is I've sort of crafted a draft script. Not that this is critical. The words mean anything. But I think the process of what's described and what I've drafted is important for the person who's forgiving to understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, how they're doing it. And so I wrote this as a template, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It says, okay, Joe, you've done this to me. You made me feel like a wreck. But because the Lord Jesus Christ has forgiven all of my offenses, I now, as an act of my will, confess my unforgiving spirit toward you, and I choose to forgive you today. I release you from the debt you owe me, and I choose not to seek vengeance. I release you from the responsibility of meeting my needs for love and acceptance. I choose today to trust Jesus alone as the only one who can meet all my needs. Frank, these words are not magic, but the thoughts behind them are important, aren't they? Yes, John, because they flow out of the revealed will of God. And whenever we have the revealed will of God, we have the responsibility to place ourselves under that will. And this is covering so many aspects of the forgiving process. We're being honest. We're acknowledging what happened. We're not smoothing it over, covering it up. We are acknowledging our sinful choice to harbor bitterness and vengeance, and we're repenting of it. We're acknowledging his command to forgive. We're acknowledging our inability, apart from his strength, and deep walking in a dependent relationship with him that he will provide for us as he's promised, and he will be the one to meet our need. I think it's a very practical, biblical, and therefore powerful methodology to pursue so that we can walk in the freedom with which is our birthright in Christ. Well done. That's right. And then the fun part, you take a pen and you strike a line through that offense write forgiven and date it. And Frank, I remember to this day how I felt when I did my first one. It's like, wow, I can actually do this. 
it hurts like crazy, but I can do this. And so as you proceed, dear friend, do the same for all of these offenses. Now, I understand if your list was as long as mine, this is going to take some time, likely more than one session. That's okay. The important thing is that you've begun. The hard part's behind you. You're started already. And so I want to encourage you to look at that first struck through forgiven offense and say, yeah, okay, this is just step one on my journey to freedom and I'm going to finish this. And then we, as we advise people, Frank, to once they get done with that list, I've encouraged people to save it, but hide it away. Mm-hmm. because this is a transaction between you and God. As we'll talk about next episode, the enemy is not going to let this go without a fight. He's going to mm-hmm. bring these offenses back. So having that list and that struck through offense and that date and the word forgiven is important as a reminder. And also because it's a transaction between you and God, it's not for the public. And it's certainly not for the people whose names might be on that list. (laughs) Heavens no, this is just you and the Lord working through this because he wants to make you as free as Jesus died to make you. Wow. Mm -hmm. What a thought. Yeah. And I think it's important, John, to remind our listeners that that freedom comes even if that other party never repents, never acknowledges the wrong and never gives a flip about how you feel because of it. Forgiveness is from the heart between you and God, because if it's not, then you and I would be dependent on the other person's repentance in order to be free. And if they don't repent, we could be locked in bondage for the rest of our lives. And so, John, that fact, I think also prompts one other thought we might need to deal with today. And that is in that forgiving statement that you made, we could also include, I turn my offender over to you. Oh, that's good, Frank. Yeah. Knowing that you are the one who has promised to judge rightly. And that's huge because I think the enemy will come along and go, if you forgive them, you're letting them off the hook. And now they're going to walk scot-free. No, no, no. We're only letting them off the hook of our vengeance and our bitterness and our remembrance of what they've done. They still answer to God. That's Romans chapter 14. Well, We don't answer to each other. And sir, I'm going to use that as your wrap-up statement. I think it was a powerful capstone to grab it all together. So friends, you've been listening to Frank and John on the Our Resolute Hope podcast. And I know this has been a really deep life impacting series. Uh, We trust you've enjoyed it so far. If you've liked to support the podcast, if it's ministered to you, please go to our website, ourresolutehope.com. Click the donate button at the top of the page. And while you're there, Kick off your shoes, set a spell, and look around. Lots of resources there, all centered on the amazing truth of Jesus Christ as our very life. Please pop us an email, sign up for our newsletter. We'd love to hear from you. And you can follow us on all of our social media platforms, of course, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the podcast outlet you're listening to us on right now. 
And as always, we close with this same reminder from Hebrews chapter 6, that no matter what you're facing, what the wounds are, how hard it might seem to forgive, we have a hope. And that hope is an anchor for us. Peter calls it a living hope. Frank and I call it a resolute, immovable, bedrock kind of hope. So today and always, choose hope and choose Jesus. Thanks for listening. We trust that you've seen Jesus today. And you know that no matter what you're facing, He offers you Himself, His own life. He wants to live His life with you, in you, and through you as you trust Him and walk by faith in this troubled world. You've been listening to Our Resolute Hope Podcast. For more information, find us online at OurResoluteHope.com and check out our social media channels under the name Our Resolute Hope.